As I said, it's 13 past 7. Don't forget, if you'd like to send us your Big Fat Juicy, a song that's going to make you feel good today, a song that's going to remind you of what it means to be South African and what it means to feel good good. Someone says, morning, you literally make me feel so strong with that emotional song. I will miss him dearly. That's from Solly Mofakeng from Tabong in Valcom. Solly, we feel the same as you. It came as a huge shock to many of us with the passing of Steve. It's quarter past seven and we're going to move into our first story. It's a story about Earth Overshoot Day. What is Earth Overshoot Day? And it's being celebrated tomorrow. It's not, I don't suppose one could say celebrate, but it's a wake-up call for South Africans. It's being addressed tomorrow in South Africa, July the 4th. On the line is Dr. Jako Folskenk, who's a senior lecturer in strategy and sustainability at the University of Stellenbosch Business School. Dr. Folskenk, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Thanks for having me. So let's talk about Earth Overshoot Day. What does the day uh, address? And if you can explain it in layman's terms for those of us who may not understand the maths, etc. Michelle, it is quite a complex um, idea. Uh, What it it suggests is that we have um, a certain amount, let's call it volume of nature available. And every year nature replenishes what we use. So we can think about it as a big bank account that we have, and every year that replenishment is the interest that we have on our account. Now, if we would consume only the interest every year, so only the part that recovers every year, then we would be consuming our natural resources in a sustainable manner. But currently, we are using twice as much as the accumulation, the replenishment. So we use a certain amount of resources during a year, and it it would take the earth two years to recover what we've used in that one year so so it's it's a very urgent wake-up call we've been doing this for the last 51 years um south africa in fact globally we've been doing it for 51 years south africa in fact have been done it been doing it for two or three years uh, longer even so um yeah, I think that's the easiest way of explaining it. I hope, I hope that's easy enough. So just for clarity for our listeners, so if I have 10 rand in my bank account, and that is 10 rand worth of sustainability, um, yes. if I leave it in my account and I don't use that 10 rand, then every year the interest grows. And if I use the interest, the 10 rand remains. But if I use Correct. more than the interest, then that 10 rand becomes less and less and less of sustainability. Yes. Yeah. You're eating into that saving that you have. I, I think anyone who's a retiree would understand that idea. You retire one day with an, a, a big bank account and you hope to live from this. But if you want to do it absolutely sustainably, you should only be be living off the rent that you earn. But as soon as you consume more than that rent, then your savings become less and the rent becomes less every year, which means you even eat into your savings more the next year. Yes. So it's it's very difficult for... You know, I've got an 11-year-old daughter. If I say to her, you know, we're consuming more than what the earth can give us, then she says, but Dad, there's still plenty of fish in the sea. So, you know, how does that work? And and if you don't understand this idea of a savings account and we have to live off what nature can replenish, um, then then Earth Overshoot Day might not make a lot of sense to you. Yeah, so if we have 10 rands worth of fish in the ocean to begin with, 
And we just yes. keep eating. We might only have five rands worth of fish in the ocean right now. By the time we get to zero, Correct. nothing left. Yes. So, Dr. Forthing, we know that tomorrow is Earth Overshoot Day. And what does that... It, first of all, let me just go to the fact that tomorrow is Earth Overshoot Day for South Africa. In fact, Earth yes. Overshoot Day for the rest of the world is the 29th of July. What's the difference? So, there are two parts to that equation. The first one is... How many, how many resources or how much resource do you have and then how much do you consume? So firstly, South Africa is not an agriculturally rich country. Uh, if you compare ourselves against France or Canada even or a lot of the you know, big countries that are very well developed for food production. So we don't actually have so much arable land, for instance. And then on the other hand, so that's the, the production side, the part that nature can replenish. The other side of the equation is how much we consume. So South Africans, I don't believe, consume really so much against the rest of the world. Yeah. But we do consume much more than what our ecological bank account can, can give us. Yeah. Um, now, what's also alarming about this is that South Africa has got the most unequal society in the world. Our Gini coefficient, which is yeah. the measure we use for that, is the highest of any country in the world, which means that it's actually a handful of us that are consuming the bulk of resources in South Africa, while the poor you know, have to live off the scraps. And not only that, they're also being disadvantaged by the rich already consuming so much. Okay. So that's uh, what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, that is tomorrow. But what does that mean for us? Earth Overshoot Day, we, we acknowledge it. We recognize it. Is it going to be used to uh, shout out, to wake up people, to get them to understand the fact that we are, in fact, running at a deficit? And maybe you can explain what that deficit is. What does it mean? I think in practical terms, if you know, why do we want to have this day? Well, it, it becomes a measure of are we moving in the right direction? Now, I've already mentioned, you know, we've been doing this for 50 years. Um, in, in 1969 was the last year in which we consumed less than what the earth can replenish. So uh, we've been constantly moving this needle in the wrong direction. Now, the, the surprising thing is last year, and maybe it's not that surprising, but last year during COVID, that needle actually moved in the right direction by one month. Wow. So there are two there are two drivers of consumption. The one is population. The other one is consumption per capita. So during 2020, we actually reduced our consumption per capita by so much that we were able to move that needle by a month, which is good news because it means we can do something about it. Yeah. The bad news is we're back this year where we were back in 2019. So the kind of things that we can do, and you know, it's an alarming message, but it means nothing if we also don't say, well, what can be done about this? So there are things like the circular economy, which means that let's not throw so much things away because once it's in a, in a, in a landfill, it's, it's unavailable for us to produce new things. And we need to produce new things in order to keep our economies going. Yeah. And we need to keep our economies going to keep on employing people. So um, I would say circular economy is one. Then there's servitization or the service economy. So um, we don't have to own everything. We can also sometimes use something. Yeah. And a, a very easy example is a hot water geyser in your roof. The person producing that geyser currently has to make a geyser so that it can break so that he can sell you a new one. But if he changes his model to selling you hot water, 
that geezer is no longer made to break. So he that rents you. He fact, rents you his geezer. Absolutely. Well, not necessarily rent. You you don't you don't own the asset. You just own the hot water. He charges you per liter. So so the whole thinking around you know what ownership means should change, and then there's also the concept of voluntary simplicity, which means let's scale down what we need um, voluntarily rather than forcing ourselves to come to a point of collapse. Now, voluntary simplicity doesn't mean that you are voluntary poor. It just means that we are more discerning about what we spend our money on. Is it necessary to have the newest car every three years? Can sure. we, you know, yeah. um, the, the, what we want from a car is the mobility. Uh, a very interesting statistic is it takes someone who buys a new car 21 days to be at the same level of happiness with their new car than they were with their previous car. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Dr. Falsking, yeah, we have to leave it there, I'm afraid, okay. but that's a brilliant um, way of looking at it. So as we go into Earth Overshoot Day tomorrow, um, what would your one sentence be to us to all think about? I think awareness, knowing awareness. that we are using more than what we should, yeah. and that we and that it doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing if we cut back a little bit. That's Dr. Jakob Folsking, senior lecturer in strategy and sustainability at the University of Stellenbosch Business School. There's a thought that 21 days after buying a new car, the happiness you felt when you got that new car, is only the happiness you felt before you got that. So it takes you 21 days to go back to what you were. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like, I'm not sure, hey? I mean, I know that like every time I get into my car, I think, oh, I'm so pleased I have this car. But at the same time, I absolutely agree. Let's uh, think about differently. I don't need to own a geezer. I just need to get hot water. I don't need to own a car. I just need to be able to travel. I mean, it's, uh, I suppose, just thinking about it differently.